Daf is about Bekama Daf Mem Zayin. We are, of course, not yet on Daf Mem Zayin. We're on Daf Mem Vav Bez at the two dots, about uh, two lines, well, exactly two lines before the lines get wide. V'chein para shenagcha es hashar. So again, we were discussing a case where a para that was, uh, that subsequently, well, that was found with a baby, uh, had at some point gored a shor. So the question is, when you when you evaluate the chatzinesek uh, megufo that it's going to pay, do you evaluate chatzinesek megufo only of the mother para or of the baby as well? Because we're not sure if the mother was pregnant at the time that it gored, or if the mother already had the baby by the time that it had gored, in which case the baby has nothing to do with anything. Right? So the uh, the Mishnah had said, and then you find the Vlad next to the para, and you don't know when the Vlad was born, if it was born before the Nagicha or after the Nagicha. So the Mishnah had said, you pay Chatzin Ezek from the para, and Ravia Ezek from the Vlad. So says the Gemara, why does that make any sense? Chatzin Ezek or Ravia Ezek, why should you end up paying half Nezek from the Para plus quarter Nezek from the Vlad? By my calculation, says the Gemara, that turns out to three quarters Nezek. And no one holds that a Shartam or Paratama pays three quarters Nezek. It should only pay half Nezek. So why are you paying three quarters Nezek if that's what it means? So answers the Gemara. The Gemara is going to give two approaches. There's going to be Abayi's approach and Rava's approach. So Abayi's approach is going to take us to the bottom of the Amr and then Rava's approach will take us beyond. So says the Gemara Amr Abaye, Chatsi Nezek Echad Me Arba'a B'Nezek, Urviya Nezek Echad Mishmanu B'Nezek. says, no, when we say Chatsi Nezek, we mean Chatsi of what its, what, what its maximum Nezek payment could have been. Meaning, uh, normally a para goes and damages, so Chatsi Nezek, so it would be Chayiv Chatsi Nezek. Over here it pays half of that, which is a quarter Nezek. And when we say that out of the Vlad comes a quarter Nezek, it means uh, one-eighth Nezek, meaning we view them as Shutfim in this damage. So the Para pays its half of the of the Shutfus. The Vlad only pays Misafek its half of the Shutfus. So so the Vlad pays its quarter of the Shutfus. So essentially the Nezek is who loses out. You, pay, you end up paying not half of the Nezek, you end up paying a total of three-eighths of the Nezek, because the Para pays a quarter and the, uh, and the Vlad pays a Revia. But wait a second, if the part and the Vlad belong to the same guy, can't the Nizik say, you owe me Chatsi Nezik regardless? So why should, meaning I understand if you have a part that belongs to one person, a Vlad, if you have animals that belong to two different people, so each one could say, well, go to him to collect, go to him to collect, so they're going to have to split it, and it might be that the Nizik will lose out. But over here, they belong to the same guy. So if they belong to the same guy, can't the Nizik say, well, if, you, if your para did the damage before, uh, before it gave birth, so then I should be able to collect uh, quarter Nezik from the para, quarter Nezik from the Vlad. If the para did the damage after it gave birth, so I should collect the entire Chatsi Nezik from the para. Either way, you should pay me the full amount because you're the owner of both of them. So if they belong to the same guy, shouldn't the Nizik be able to taina that he should get his full Chatsi Nezik? Must be the par belongs to one guy, the vlad belongs to uh, to another guy. Now over here, um, there's an important ha'ara that Tosa says. When we say that uh, they split the damages, that the para pays its full its full quarter nezek, and then because it's going to have to pay half of the chazi, and the vlad would pay half of the chazi, but only pay, it only pays half of half of the chazi, right? So. Uh, so says the uh, the Tosos Tema. How can we equate 
the Vlad and the Para. Pshita Shlos Vlad Para, meaning even if the Para was pregnant, do you think the Vlad has had as much to do with the damage as the Para did? Let's say we were partners in a Para. I own I'm a ninety percent owner and you're a ten percent owner. So what we both pay the same amount? You own a tiny percentage. You own a very small amount. The Vlad is certainly not half of the para. The Vlad is a much smaller percentage. So we already had this in the before, that if you acquire a shutfus in the animal, every time the, the, the animal, the, the, you're, you get damaged by the animal, meaning we said before that if uh, an animal gores, so what does it mean that uh, the chatzinazim gufo does the nizik now own literally half of the animal? Is he a shutuf in the animal? If you assume that he is, if it then subsequently gores, so he's going to have to split the nezek with the original owner. But uh, now it's going to the the new nezek owns fifty percent, and the first two split it. Uh, the first two split their fifty percent. They each own twenty five percent of the animal, and and therefore for future damages they're going to pay along those lines. So you pay based on the percentage ownership you have in the animal. You don't just say, oh, I have a stake in it, so I pay an even share. It doesn't work that way. You pay based on the percentage of ownership you have. So why should it be any different over here? Even if uh, someone else owns the Vlad, you think the Vlad did the same amount of damage that the Para did? It's a small percentage of the Para. So Yeah, we're not being precise over here. We're pretending like the Vlad did Let's say the para was worth eighty dollars without the vlad, and with the vlad it's worth a hundred dollars. The chazi kol nezek shas samana, and the uh, and 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 uh, the half of the chazi nezek is a hundred dollars. Going to nag chashar shav masayim. For instance, it uh, gores a shar that's worth two hundred dollars. So the Vlad would have to would would have one fifth of the payment. Meaning, it doesn't actually pay a Ravia Nezik in total. In that case, it's going to end up collecting ten dollars from the Vlad. Meaning, it's going to collect half of what the Vlad could potentially be chayiv in, because it's a suffix whether the Vlad had any chalik at all. So it's, it's only going to be 10%. Meaning, it's not going to be. It's, we're not. We're not actually saying that it works out exactly that it's always going to be a revia nezek. We're uh, we're just using round numbers. So we're assuming that uh, that the the vlad and the uh, and the para are the same. But it's not. It's not really so. You would, really would change it based on uh, based on what they really are worth. So says Umar Vaiter. If the, uh, the let's, so, let's say the Vlad and the Para, like we just said, are owned by two different people. So who did he sue? Who did he ask for the money? If he went to the Baal Para first, so he could say to the Baal Para, your Para damaged me, so bring me a Raya that you have any partner, that anyone else owns anything. As far as I know, your Para damaged me, so you should pay me the whole thing. Right? If you want to claim that you have some sort of exemption because someone else owes me money, bring me a raya that you have a shutaf. I don't know that you have a shutaf in this. So that you had a shutaf in the damage, meaning I know you have someone else owns the, the vlad, but as far as I know, that vlad's a different animal. Show me that there was a shutaf in the damage. So Allah the So it must be that he didn't go to the Balpara first, he went to the Balvlad first and said to
said to the Baal Vlad, I want, I want you to pay me. Because then when he subsequently goes to the Balpara, the, he can't tell the Balpara, prove to me you have a shutuf. Balpara will say, I'll prove to you you have a shutuf. You went to him and asked him for money. Obviously, you hold I have a shutuf, otherwise you never would have gone to him. And the others say that, no, the Balpara has the right to say, look, even if you come to the Balpara first, he has the right to say, I don't have to prove to you that I have a shutaf. I know that I have a shutaf, and that's all that matters. As long as I know that I have a shutaf, you're going to have to prove that I don't have a shutaf. So Rava says, I understand this approach of Abaye. Right? Why are they paying? Well, the Gemara had the kasha. Why are you paying three quarters nezek? Half from the para, a quarter from the vlad. So uh, Abaye said, no, half means a quarter, a quarter means an eighth. It's really a total of three eighths of the nezek, not a total of three quarters of the nezek. But Rava's kasha and Abaye is, it doesn't say that. Does it say a quarter and an eighth? No, it says half and a quarter. So it's a very nice approach. It makes sense halachically, but it doesn't make any sense in terms of in terms of uh, fitting into the words. The words don't say that. So rather, Rav is going to have to come up with a different approach. Ella Amar Rava. So Rav says instead, the Olam Vlad We're really dealing with the Para and the Vlad that belongs to one person. Um, uh, uh, the the and this is what we're saying. If the par is still around, say it belongs to one guy, so you can pay the full chati nazak from the para. Let's say the para is not here. Can you collect any money? So you know the para did damage, but even if the para is not here, you can still collect the. So technically, you should you should have been able to connect collect the full chatzinezek from the Vlad. But the thing is, you're not sure if the Vlad was involved in the damage. So it's moment of the suffix, so you can only collect nezek from the Vlad. Right? That's the, when the part is not around, you can turn to the Vlad instead and uh, and, and pay the chatzinezek from the Vlad. Right? If you look at Rashi, um, in the top Rashi, v'tam ein mishtalim Tom always pays me gufo. So I'm going to come and I'm going to say, give me the chatzinezek, the entire chatzinezek from the Vlad. That's what I'm interested in collecting. It damaged me together with the para. The Rava holds it all one guf. And the Vlad is like one of the Ivarim of the Para. Like he's going to explain. So then you get a Revia Nezek. And you lose out the other quarter Nezek. And even if the Palganiska, the Chatzin Nezek that you wrote is $100, and the Vlad is worth the whole $100, you just can't collect the entire $100 because the Vlad is and therefore you can only collect $50. But, uh, but certainly the, if it, it's, it's comparable to a case of, uh, meaning had it not been a suffix, had it actually been a pregnant para that damaged, so and the para was no longer around, it would be comparable to a case of a para who damaged, and then the whole para was destroyed or gone except for its, its leg. So if the leg and the meat on the leg was worth uh, whatever was worth the amount of the chatzinezek, so you could take the entire leg, and that would be the chatzinezek. It is no different than one of the avarim of the animal. So anyway, so that's that's how Rav explains that that it's not that you're paying both that you get chatzinezek from the para 
plus Ravi Nezek from the Vlad. It's or, it's Chatsi Nezek from the Para, or if, unfortunately, the Para is not here to collect from anymore, so then you can take Ravi Nezek from the Vlad. So, time of the Leodin, and we have Vlad Badakinacha Ilohava. It sounds like the only reason that this is true is because you're not sure if the Vlad was involved in the damage, if the Vlad was still inside the mother when the mother had damaged. Avalip Shitalan Dahava Vlad Bada Kinacha Mishalm Kulichatinazm Vlad. But if you knew that the Vlad was in the mother when uh, when the mother damaged, then for sure you'd be able to collect the entire Chatzinezek from the Vlad. Like we said before, it's like a leg. It's, it, it would be like the, the, the para is gone except for its leg. So you can take the entire Chatzinezek from the leg of the para, so you can take the entire Chatzinezek from the Vlad of the para. There's no, there's no difference. Of course you'd be able to collect. Ravel So Gmar just points out this is Ravel Lashitaso. Damarava Parish Hezika Govami Vlada. That a para damages, you're allowed to collect from the Vlad of the para. My time, or why can you collect from the Vlad of the para? Kufahi. The Vlad of the para is the guf of the para. It's considered part of the guf of the para. So this is a big, the, the Rishonim discuss over here whether this is a riot to the Shasugya of Ubar Yerachimo or Ubar Lav Yerachimo. Do we view the, uh, the Ubar, the fetus, as a limb of the mother or not a limb of the mother? So if you look at Tosos over here, my time of gufi, he says Tosos, Midamaravaparakalhasurin From Rava's comment elsewhere in Shas about Vlad about the Vlad of an, an animal that was nirva or that was uh, nogeach, that the Vlad is going to be Asr, just like the mother. So Rava says, we view it as if not only the mother did it, but the child did it as well, the Vlad did it as well, and therefore the Vlad becomes Asr along with the mother. So from there, from that sugya that just says that the Vlad is included with the mother, we cannot prove that Ubar is Yerachimo. The Hasam Hainatayma Shavlad Atzmo Nenem Revia Vihu Vlad Nirvu, because over there the Vlad had an active role and therefore the Vlad uh, participated. So that's why it's going to be Asr. So that's not a Raya at all. But from our Sugya, we have a very strong Raya. That, because in our Sugya, we're saying that if the mother's not around and the Vlad is around, you can collect a full payment from the Vlad because the Vlad was inside the mother at the time that the mother did the damage. But but if the Vlad is not considered Yerachimo, then why should the Vlad pay its own Chelek and the Chelek Apara? Right, why should the Vlad pay for the entire payment of this damage? What, do you think if two shvarim tamim, two separate shvarim go and, and gore someone and hurt somebody, and one of them gets lost, the other shvarim has to pay its chelik and chelik havero, even if they're owned by the same person? Right, if it's two separate animals, so you, and you only pay me gufo, so you're not going to have to pay the chelik chavero me gufo of one of one animal. You only pay me gufo. So this is a strong raya that uber yarachimo from the fact that the vlad's not only going to pay for its chelik, but it's going to pay for the paras chelik as well. Shows very strongly that it's uber yarachimo. And Tal says v'tema, but it's a problem. The rava gufei isle perak be'mamaksha. The rava himself be'mamakasha. Rava himself says in. Schoolin, Hashokit is a trefo, Matsuba Ben Teschai, 
the mutter, the arba simanam achshubir achshubir That uh, over there we find that uh, if you uh, if you shech the trefa and then you find a uh, the fetus inside the trefa, the fetus is not is it can be kosher. The fetus is not necessarily not kosher, just like the mother was not kosher. So that sounds like ubar lav yerechimo, meaning if it were just a yerech, a limb of the mother, if the mother's a trefa, then the baby's a trefa too. So vamri the bekol makom ubar yerechimo who lavad lin trefa. Okay, it's an exception. Everywhere else, Nubar is Yerachimo, except for Trefus. Since it has its own, it's able to live independently, it has its own life, therefore it's, you can't say it was Nitraf together with the mother. And and that's going to be the halacha where we always are going to assume, like our sugya proves, Ubar Yerachimo, Trefus is an, an exception to the rule, because Trefus is just a din in, can it live? And the answer for the mother was no. The answer for the baby is yes. So since it has its own life, so therefore it's going to be uh, it's going to be judged independently. But regarding all chiyuvim and all other uh, issues of halacha, we're going to assume that the ubar is yarech imo. Okay, says the Gemara Vaiter. If a chicken damages, you cannot collect from the egg that's inside the chicken. Why not? So we assume that it's uh, something that's, that, that's separate from the chicken. It's not considered part of the chicken, meaning even though we say Uber Yerachimo on the para, the egg is not part of the chicken. When uh, damage was done, this is going back to, this is not talking about the case that we were just analyzing, where the para that may have been pregnant gored the shar. No, now we're going back to the previous case. Right? Rashi says, This is going back on the case of the Reisha. We're talking about a shar that gores a para, and it causes the para to, uh, to miscarry. Then ain shaman kalechad b'fneatzma. What's the chiddush over here? You don't evaluate the vlad and the mother independently. Shaolin demand as a karbe. If you do that, it's going to turn out that the damage, the the, the monetary amount of the damage is going to be much greater. Avol shaman parumu uberes kamaisa yafetchila the kami shava achshav imesa imchaya. Rather, what do we do? We just evaluate how much was the and the mother worth pregnant. How much is the mother worth now that it's not pregnant? And you pay the difference. That's all you evaluate. Because if you were to view it separately and say, well, how much would that Vlad have been worth? If I was buying the Vlad, then it would have turned out to be a lot more money. So, uh, and you have to do this, because if you don't do this, you're going to really make the Mazik lose a lot of money. And we don't want the Mazik to lose a lot of money, so uh, we, we have to do it this way. The Gemara is going to ask soon, what are you talking about? Why do we not want the Mazik to lose a lot of money if he deserves to lose a lot of money? So, but first, the Gemara says, there are a couple of other examples. And also, you find a similar halacha when you cut off the hand of the of a friend's eved, of somebody else's eved. So how are you going to evaluate the damage? Are you going to say to the person, well, how much would you pay to allow me to cut off your eved's hand? If I wanted your eved's hand, how much would I have to pay you to allow me to, uh, to do that? So that's going to be a lot of money, because I don't want you to cut off my eved's hand. But if I have to ask you, look, you have two avadim, they're the same intelligence, the same build, the same everything. One of them has two hands, one of them only has one hand. 
how much of a difference in price, uh, if you put a price tag on them, how much of a difference, the difference is not going to be as great as how much would you, pay, would you take to allow me to cut off your Evet's hand. So, this, so you evaluate with the lesser uh, amount of money, not with the greater amount of money. Um, Rabbeinu Paris just points out, why does it have to be Yad Avdo Shel Havero? How about just Hakote Yad Havero? Why is it that Dafka has to be Yad Avdo Shulchavero? So he points out Lav Dafka, but probably, meaning it's, it doesn't really mean Yad Avdo Shulchavero. It could be Chavol Bechavero also. Probably it says Yad Avdo Bechavero simply because when we do the evaluations, so we always do evaluations based on the Evid market. So since you're doing it based on the market of Avadim, so we talk about Yad Avdo Shulchavero. But it could have been Yad Avdo Shulchavero also. And we also find similarly when you mazik the sadah shalchaver, when you mazik your friend's field, right? That if uh, that that I can look at it in two ways. If let's say I cut out one row of growth in your field, so I could say how much would someone pay for all that growth, or I could say how much would you have paid for the field beforehand, and how much would you pay for the field missing that growth? And again, the latter is going to be a lot less money than the former. Uh, so why why is this the case? Why do we look at things in such a lean Way so the rush in Perichess uh, Simon Aleph writes Vishumazula Hakel were makel with this type of evaluation and refers back to our Gemara. And he says, just like our Gemara says, by Why? If I see my Evet has two hands, I'm not going to let you cut off his hand unless you pay me a lot of money. Where do we learn to be makele with all these? It's all from Ubir B'Steacher. Pasuk says Ubir B'Steacher, which makes it sound like we evaluate based on the entire Sada. Why, why Ubir B'Steacher? Just say, just say that he damages a produce of somebody else, and then you would evaluate the produce. So you say, no, it's not the produce that you're evaluating. It's the lessening of the value of the entire field as a result of the loss of the produce, right? And that's it. So then, the Rash, Vadul Amar Simas Eno Nisma Eno Kita Yado Nikliyado Shabraglo Nishbaraglo Yolf Begemar Mikamakrai. So he says that we're, the, the Gemara is going to uh, derive all that later on. Okay, but anyway, that's that's for later. That's for the eighth parak. But the point is that that's where we learn from Abir Bistayacher that the evaluation is done in this way. That the evaluation is done in a way that's more lenient. But anyway, we had mentioned before why do we uh, do the evaluation in a lenient way? So the Gemara gave us far because in Cain you're going to be Machish the mazik, you're going to weaken the mazik and cause him to pay a lot of money. So I'm going to mazik. If that's the halacha, good. Let you be machish the mazik. What do you mean? We're afraid to be machish the mazik. So answers Because I could say to him, it's not. It's not that that's the din. No, the guy katayna. It's not the din. I didn't damage your vlad. I damaged a pregnant cow. And now let's evaluate the pregnant cow. Let's evaluate how much the cow is worth less. There was no other independent uh, entity over here. There was a cow, and that's what I damaged. So it's it's not against the din. It's it's not some some uh, uh, kula that we have in order to let the mazik off the hook. No, it's really the halacha. So what's the whole back and forth? What's the whole havamin and maskana? What's what's the question answer over here? So if you look at Tosos, Tosos di Bermaskal Idina who mazik. 
So Tosus writes, Sover Amaksha Kivan Shaparu Vlad Shnei Gufin Hain, since the 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 Havamina was that since the Par and the Vlad are two different bodies, they're two different entities, so Sham and Vlad Bifneatsmo, we should evaluate the Vlad on its own. Velodami Lukote Yareved. And it's not like cutting off the hand of an Evid. Shikala Evid Gufechad, because the Evid is one body. You can't evaluate the hand as a separate entity from the rest of the Evid. And also by Yasada, it's all one field. It belongs as one piece of property. He has one deed on the entire land. So it's one field. You can, you're not going to evaluate it separately. But by by the Vlad and the mother, I would assume it's two separate entities. That's why we're asking if my Svara is correct, that whereas the Evet is one guf, whereas the Sada is one guf, the 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 uh, the para and the vlad are actually two separate two separate bodies two separate entities. If my svar is correct, why are we letting the mazik off the hook? Why are we letting him off so easy? Umeshani, so the Gemara answers, no, you misunderstood. Your svar is incorrect. Hanami kuguf echadami damle paramulveris etc. This too is kuguf echad because the guy could say, look, it was a pregnant cow. What do you want from me? I damaged a pregnant cow. Let's evaluate the value of a pregnant cow, and that's it. So that's also a guf echad. Um, Good. So, uh, so the the so that's that's the uh, that's the svaras. So anyway, says the Gemara, Pshita para dechad uvlad dechad pitma lebal para. Certainly, if the para belongs to one shutaf and the vlad belongs to another, so the the added value from the fattening of the para goes to the bal para. Right? If you look at Rashi, pituma amasha shomenos sashay se yafa mepnei shomna. That which they evaluate that it's worth because it's fat. Havi de Balpara, the Vlad Machmasei, Loasi Shumna. Because it's not because it's not as a result of the Vlad that the uh, fatness comes, that's a result of the mother. So the mother's uh, fattening as a result of the, uh, the having the baby is going to belong to the Balpara. But Navchamai, uh, what about the Navcha? What's Navcha? So it's a hard, uh, it's a hard, a hard it's, it's the swelling. I mean, pitma is the fattening, nafcha is the swelling. So what does it mean, the swelling? So I imagine pitma just means the uh, overall large, largeness of the uh, of the cow, whereas nafcha means the uh, the uh, the swe- the all each of its limbs are uh, swelled a little bit, and it just makes it look more robust in that way. So in that sense, it's considered to be it's considered to be a separate entity. Or pitma might mean the inside, uh, just the overall appearance. Whereas nafcha might be the actual the stretching of the skin. That that it uh, that it increases value because it has more 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 skin it has more hide to uh, to deal with so something like that it's something very similar it's very difficult to put your finger on exactly what nafcha means but some other value as a result of it being bigger so what's the din of the nafcha of papa malabal para ravachabrejavikamar cholkit so papa says belongs to the balpara ravachabrejavikam says you split it behilchsa cholkit the halacha is that we split it now on on this issue before that we said by kotei yad abdo shochavero and by mazik the pregnant para and and all the rest so it says to us this really sounds a lot like another sugyo that we're going to have very shortly. If you look at those if we're going to bring other examples that are very similar to uh, to evaluating a pregnant para, so instead of going to and all these other cases, there's another another case that seems really similar. Why don't we say What about a person that's pregnant? When a woman is pregnant. So how do you, how do you evaluate the, uh, the damage done if a man 
uh, hurts a woman, a pregnant woman, to the extent that she loses the babies, but she's still uh, she's still around. So do we, how do you how do you do that evaluation? Don't we do the evaluation the same way? How much was the woman worth with the vlados? How much is she worth now without the vlados? And you don't judge the vlados independently. So isn't that a perfect? A perfect uh, example that the Gemara should have come up with. Instead of coming up with Kotei, Yad Avdu Shel Chavera, which one is more similar to a, to a para losing his babies? Right? Is it more similar to an Eved losing his hand or more similar to a woman losing her babies? So Zal says, why don't we give that example? We asked, how do we evaluate over there? How much was a woman worth before she had the baby, when she was still pregnant, before she lost the babies? And how much is she worth now that the babies are gone? We don't evaluate the Dmei Vlados on their own, in which case the Mazak would lose out even more. El called the Yachar. We evaluate everything altogether. So why don't we bring this as an example? So says Tosos, this is not at all similar to the cases in our Gemara, even though the Halachas is going to be the same. Right, it, it, so it sounds the same, but it's not at all the same. Why? So you skip down a couple of lines. Near Lari, the Bein Rabban and Bein Rabshimim Liel Shaman Vlados Pneatzmam Velo Agav Eisha. That no, you should really evaluate the the Vlados on their own and not Agav Eisha. Why? Mishum Dekivan Dekufa Eisha Lav Mamun Bailimhu because the woman does not belong to her husband. She is not owned by her husband. The Gamlin and Shartash Lichavelos Eno Shalo. She is not his. Eno Roy so it's not at all like a cow agav its mother where the cow is owned by the owner and the vlados are owned by the owner right so uh, so there's there's an ownership over everything but by the uh, by the the vlados you don't have such a thing as ownership of the isha so therefore the vla, the vlados are 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 more independent um, and that's why he says that if you have to we have to learn the sugi mitzvah tomorrow figure out exactly how the payment is worth is is worked out it also says it should be that the vlados should be uh, Evaluated independently. Okay, new Mishnah. A kadar, a potter, walks, brings in his, his pot into somebody else's chatzar without uh, without permission. Right? He uh, he knocks and just walks right in without waiting to be uh, to be invited. Machlokes we showed him actually. What does shlober mean? Does shlober mean the guy just never gave me permission, or the guy specifically told me I don't have permission? Right? Did he say keep out, or uh, or that I just came in without asking? Uh, either way, though, what is she? Betzis quotes both days, but I go in Shalobershus, Vishavar Behemto Shalbalabais, and 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 the the Kalim um, uh, the the uh, the get broken by the behemoth of the Balabais, so the Balabais potter. Balabais is not going to have to pay for damage done to my Kalim. I shouldn't have gone in there without permission. But But if the animal of the Balabais gets hurt by my Kaderos, then I'm going to be Chayev. Again, I came in without permission. I'm only going to be Chayev for any damages that result from this. I'm not going to uh, get paid for any damage that happens to me that results from my trespass. But if I go in Bereshus, if I had the, uh, if, if he gave me permission to come in, then the Balachatzer is going to be high for any damage he does to me because he told me to come in. And by telling me to come in, he means to say, you can come in, it's a safe environment in here. And if I find that it's not safe, then he's going to be high. That's if I bring in pots. Second case, hichnis peros of the chatzar balabais. I bring in my fruits to the to, to someone else's to someone else's property. Shalom b'rishus again without permission. The achatan behemto shal balabais and the balabais's behema 
eats all my fruits. So Potter. So the Allah is Balbais is Potter. Why is he Potter? I shouldn't have brought my fruits into his property without asking. What if the animal gets damaged from my fruits? It eats them and uh, or it slips on them or whatever, it gets hurt from my fruits, then the Balperus is going to be Chayef to pay. But if he tells me to come into his Roshos, so then he's taking responsibility upon himself and therefore he's going to be Chayef if my Peros get ruined as a result of uh, his animal eating them. And the third case, Not only if I bring my pots, not only if I bring my Peros, I bring my Shor into the Chatzar Balabayas without asking permission. And the Shor Shal Balabayas gores my Shor. Or the dog of the Balabayas bites my Shor, Pater. The Allah is that the Balabayas is going to be Pater. But if my ox scores the Balabayas' ox, then I'm going to be Chayev. If I, my ox fell into a bar inside the Balabayas' Rishus and ruined all the water in the bar, so I'm going to be Chayev to pay for that. Um, and if there was a person inside of that bar when the shark fell in and killed that person, I'm going to have to pay the kofar for that because, again, I'm going to be chayiv. I came in without any rishos. But if the guy told me you can come in with your rocks and I came in with rishos, then the balachatzer is going to be chayiv. Rebbe Yomer b'kulon einu chayiv atchi kabbalah balabais lishmar. And Rebbe says, no, you're not going to be chayiv unless the balabais was makabel upon himself the responsibility to uh, to 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 guard the ox. That in any of these cases, uh, even if he gave you rishos, still the balabais is not going to take on any chayuvim unless he specifically said, you can come in, don't worry, I'll take care of you. But otherwise, it's as if he's saying, enter at your own risk. And that's what it is. It's at your own risk. That's that's Rebbe Shita. Why do we have three cases? Kadar, Peros, Shor. They're all the same. Right? The, you should only have the case of the Shor. The Shor is the only one that adds anything new. So if you look at the bottom tells us, Kadar, Shichmas, Kaderosav, bottom tells us, says, We need all three. The Lozu, Avzu, Katani. It's in Lozu, Avzu style. Di'it, Hana, Kaderos. Had it only said Kaderos, Havamina, Rishos, Chayiv. I would say the reason why if I enter with Rishos, the Balvais is going to be Chayiv, Fishen, Nochel, Sishaver, is because Kaderos, are uh, are easily broken. And that's why if he says to come in and bring my Kaderos in, it's as if he's saying, I will take care of it because those are things that are that are that that are uh, that are easily broken. And since they're very fragile, so he understands they're fragile when he tells me to bring them in. So it's as if he's telling me that he's taking responsibility. Aval Peros law, but I would think that Peros are not so. Vita Peros, and if it only said Peros, Shinochos Liskalkel, that's also somewhat fragile. That's also easily ruined. So Aval Behemalo, but a Behema, I figure when I tell you to come with your Behema, I'm not taking upon myself the uh, the damages that are going to happen to your Behema because I don't even have a I mean, there are going to be any damages to your behemoth. That's what I would have thought. So it's a lozu avzukatani. It tells me it goes in ascending order of chiddush. Tells me the biggest chiddush last. So that's one issue over here. Another issue. Well, it says uh, by the case of the shard, I bring my shard in, and your the balabais's shard gores my shard, or the balabais's dog bites my shard. Is there a difference between the Balabais' shark goring my shark and the Balabais' dog biting my shark? The Mishnahites normally don't just throw in an extra case for no reason whatsoever. What does that add? The Balabais' dog bites my shark. So in the Mepharshayah Mishnahis, there's a discussion of what's more expected. Is it the Balashar? Is it a shark to gore my shark or a dog to bite my shark? So the Pharisee says that the Chiddush of the Kelev is that a Kelev 
always bites. That's what dogs do. They always bite. Anything that's unusual, anyone that's a stranger in this chaser, a dog's going to bite. Still, I would therefore think that when it comes to the dog, the balabai should have thought of locking up his dog before a shar walks in, before a, a person walks in with his shar into my chaser. If I'm going to give you permission, walk into my chaser, don't worry. So, uh, or, I, or I forget permission, even without permission. If I see you walk into my chaser with your shar and I was there, I should have immediately locked up my dog. That's the first thing I should do because I should know my dog is going to be, uh, is going is to be on the loose and my dog is probably going to bite you. So I might have thought that the balabai is going to be chayv in that case even if you went to Shalom Rishos, because that's something that I really should have should have foreseen to make sure my dog doesn't doesn't damage you. Uh, but with the shore, maybe I wouldn't have uh, I wouldn't have thought of that. That's how some of the Mfarshi Mishnayis explain. Shlomo and the Mishnayis explains not. It's the opposite. That a shor, it's normal for uh, to, the Lashon he has is that bimino miskanin. That when you're dealing with the same min, so they pick fights with each other. A shor is going to fight with a shor. But a dog would never start up with a with a shor. A dog that'd be crazy to start up with a shor. The shor could, right? The, it's it's just the, the dog doesn't doesn't care about the shor. Live and let live type of attitude when you're dealing with other types of animals. So a dog will start up with a dog. A shor will start up with a shor, but a dog's not going to start up with a shor. So I would have thought perhaps that uh, that when it comes to the dog, there's uh, there's less reason to be chayiv because I really never would have had a havamina to uh, that that my dog would do anything. But by the shor, as soon as I saw your shor walk in, maybe I should have locked up the shor. Okay, anyway, but that's the, uh, that's so it's a chiddush one way or the other with the kelev. We're just not sure which way, but uh, there's some sort of chiddush with the kelev. Says the Gemara, time of the shalom The whole reason is because he entered shalom b'rishos. Ha-b'rishos lo mechayiv balkaderos b'niske behemto de balchatzer. But had he entered b'rishos, the balkaderos is not going to be chayiv in the uh, in, in, in the damage done to the Balchatzer's behema, sounds like. That if my pots ruin your behema, hurt your behema, I'm not going to be chayv if you gave me permission to enter. We do not assume that when you tell me to enter, I'm accepting upon myself to watch over my pots to make sure they don't hurt anything of yours. So money, who are we assuming like? We're assuming like Rebbe, that any time you just enter Bistam, you're not being Shmira, uh, you're not being Mekabal on yourself to watch. But Ema Seifa, then when the Mishnah goes on to say, that if I enter with permission, he tells me I can go in, then the Balchatzer is Chayef for whatever damage he does to my pots. That's going like the Rabbanan, that assume Bistama, he is being Makabal to watch. The soup, because over here it's the other way, it's the Balchatzer that's being Makabal to watch. <laughs> my kederos and nothing should happen to them. Vesu Rebbe Omer B'kulam Enu Chayiv Aichei Kabul of Balabais Lishmar Reisha V'Sefer Rebbe Mutzias Rabbanon. Then Rebbe shows up again in the Seifa, so it's going to turn out the Reisha's Rebbe, the Seifa's Rebbe, and in the middle we have the Rabbanon. That's a little bit strange for the mission to be formulated in such a way. So I'm Rebbe Zera Tavra Misha Shanazu. Yeah, it's difficult. The Reisha and the Sefer are difficult. And uh, whoever taught the Reisha didn't teach the Sefer. They were thrown together into one Mishnah. But uh, it's Rebbe, Rabbanan, Rebbe. That's just the way it is. Rav Amar Rav says, No, Kula Rabbanan The whole thing is Rabbanan. When I let you into my Chatzar, Berushos, I'm being makabal to watch your Kaderos. When you choose to enter after I let you in, it doesn't mean you're being makabal to make sure that you watch my shor that it shouldn't get damaged. There's a big difference between the relationship. When I tell you that you can come into my chatzar, I'm telling you that you have a safe place to come in my home. That when you come into my property, it's safe. You're not telling me, don't worry, I'll guard your home. 
that's not uh, you're not being makabel the tirusa when you when you choose to come in. So since we're dealing from two different perspectives, so it's not a stira at all. Okay, hechnes peros of lechatzer balabais. So the Mishnah said, I bring my peros into the chatzer balabais. Amarav lo shanu el shochuk lekabahen. That's uh, the damages we're talking about in the Mishnah the, done to the animal of the balabais is when the animal of the balabais slips on them. Avol achla patr. So that's when I'm going to be chayiv. The animal of the balabais slips on my peros that I brought without permission. So then I'm going to be but if the animal of Balabais ate it, I'm going to be Potter. He ate it, got sick, and died. I'm going to be Potter from that. My time, why? Who told him to eat? Let him not eat my fruits. So I, you can't tell him not to walk, right? So he's walking and it's in his property. But who told him to eat my fruits? It's not his fruits, so he shouldn't have eaten them. What does it mean he shouldn't have eaten them? He's an animal. What do, you, what do you want from the, the poor animal? So the. Uh, if you look at Tosos, it's not it's not that that we could expect him not to eat. It's just that it's it's so indirect. It's like it's like grama, meaning that I'm I'm bringing in my fruits, and I'm, that's not the last misa. The last misa that's done is him going out of his way and eating them. So when he goes and eats them, that's his misa. So since it, the damage comes about through his own misa, it's considered as if it's a case of uh, of grama. So that's why I'm going to be pater. Amrav Sheshes Aminu Kinai Meshach of Rav Amal Hashmaitis. Rav Sheshes says Rav must have been sleeping when he said this. To Tanya, because we have a brisa. I know since Hamav Zvnei Behemas Chaveru, if you put poison in front of your friend's animal, pater midin yadam chay bedin shmaim. You're going to be pater and beis and shalmata, but you're going to have to answer for it and beis and shalmaila. Some mavis who delavid the dachla. So what do we say? Yeah, when you put poison, I'm going to be putter down here. Why? Because I don't expect the animal to eat poison. It should smell it and realize that it's not that it's not food. But if I put fruits in front of the animal and the animal knows that fruits are food, so it's normal for the animal to eat it. So I should be I taka should be chayiv for putting the fruits in uh, in front of the animal. But but didn't we just say that uh, when the animal the animal eats at its own risk? That we expect the animal to know better and not eat. So isn't that against what we're saying over here? Isn't that against what we're saying? What we just said that if the if I put the fruits in front of the animal, that I'm going to be chayiv even b'dinei adam. So Amri who had peros nami pater. No, even if you put peros in front of the animal, you pater b'dinei adam. The chiddush of poison is that I'm going to be chayiv b'dinei shemayim. Even though it's poison, even though it's something the animal shouldn't eat, so I would think I'm putter entirely. The chiddush is I'm chayiv b'dinah shmayin. Vibai sema sama mavas nami bafrasta dahenu piri. Or you could say the sama mavas case was a case of something that it was normal for the animal to eat because I I laced his food with sama mavas. It's not just stam. I put sama mavas in front of him. I laced the animal's food with sama mavas. So there's a discussion I saw in the uh, the bure, not the bure, what's this called? The moros Yomi. He had a discussion. What about on Shabbos? Does this uh, have ram? If I'm allowed to put Samamavas in front of someone else's animal and I'm not going to be Chayav in Dine Nizikin, does that mean that it's not called that I'm killing the animal? So let's say I have a rodent in my house on Shabbos and I want to kill it, can I put out poison? For the rodent to uh, to to allow it to get killed, so he quotes the truth of the Shvus Yaakov that the Shvus Yaakov doesn't think it's so. That he says when you poison an animal, you're put from paying, and that's only based on a smad. That's only if the owner is there. I mean, what does it mean? The animal should have not eaten it. The animal should have not eaten it means the owner should have stopped the animal from eating it. The owner should have known better. The animal shouldn't know any better. 
but stam when I'm uh, when I'm poisoning animals and shabbos doesn't mean I didn't kill it. I did kill it. It's just that the owner could have prevented it from dying. That's why I'm potter. It's not that I didn't kill it. So therefore, in Hilchah Shabbos, it could be that it is called killing an animal in Shabbos and might and might in fact uh, be aser. Okay, we'll uh, stop there. Continue from two dots tomorrow.